This is a big problem. You got a crazy king, an extravagant ball dedicated to Satan, flaming <laughs> wangs, and now you have a pissed off populace. And the people aren't mad at Charles. Like they're just like, hey, he's crazy. But you guys, you oh. extravagant rich bastards, you know, yeah. you did this. Welcome to Sickisode 2 of We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your still sick host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. I just ate a ton of sriracha chicken for breakfast paired with black coffee, and it goes together like peas and grapefruit. God. <coughs> Yeah, you're making me sicker just thinking about that. Yeah, uh, God, not uh, good. I didn't have, I didn't have breakfast and I didn't have dinner either, so I'm like really hungry. All right, do you want to do you want to talk about something? Um, do you have like a uh, eating, eating disorder? No, 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 no. I, I don't. I just don't have. You it know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yeah. I, okay. I, I don't really have any breakfast food in my house. I made pancakes the other day, which I was really proud of. But you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. <laughs> Damn it, James. <laughs> if I laugh too much, I'm going to go into coughing fits. <laughs> but, actually, a word on that. Since I am still sick, and since I am probably going to cough, I have this little mute button on my microphone. So uh-huh. if my sound cuts in or out, that's probably just because I'm coughing. Oh, shit. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm just, just, just so everybody knows. All right. Yeah. So, despite that, though, we hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurs' best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? We have Charles the Sixth and Laika. 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 Give us a Laika on Facebook. <laughs> My problem is, James, the show is called We Talk About Dead People, and Laika is a dog? Yeah. <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> She's not a person! You species scum! <laughs> Like is a human too. Actually, no. Like is too good for being a human. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Shit. I don't know if I'm oh. ready for this. No. I'm barely ready for this episode at all. I am still sick. I have a million things going on in my life, mm. but I have still prepared material for today. Believe it or not. Excellent. Yes. Uh, but first, we have a little bit of business to cover. Oh, I know it's boring, God. but here we are. This is, this is the part on most podcasts where people start talking about fucking Blue Apron shit like that. We're just going to talk about our show, because there's a couple things going on. Yes. All right, all right, all right. Uh, first of all, we were just investigated for fraud. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and I'm not sure why, but we were cleared. So the jokes about us being a fraudulent podcast. Uh, True. True, True. <laughs> apparently, and we got away with it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this is just a giant just, pyramid scheme podcast. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's just the latest in uh, in uh, we economic dead people history. Yeah. Investigated for fraud. Here we go. All right, and so the next thing is, uh, let's see here. 
I have the next thing is Patreon thank yous. We didn't get any new patrons this week. Oh, uh, uh, hold on here. What? What? Yes, we did. Did we? Oh yeah. Yes, we did. We from from Ben. Wait, we we covered him last week, didn't we? I don't. I don't think so. Shit. Shit. Uh. Fuck. Why don't I remember? <laughs> don't worry. I've got you covered. So Ben, okay. we want to give a, sh- a shout out to Ben. As also to his wonderful girlfriend, Jessica, because Jessica was the one who introduced uh, Ben to the show, and the two of them love us. I was talking to them on Facebook, and there are some real chappy chaps. Uh, <laughs> you sent me a... Uh, we're, we're getting fan mail from these wonderful people, aren't we? Oh, God! Like our first, right? Yeah, yeah, they want to send us fan Well, not mail. our first. Definitely not our first, but... Well, the like. first that doesn't involve anthrax, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I had Sith psychopath. <laughs> I, I had an idea. So I was talking to Jessica, and she uh-huh. said that they love our show, and they listen it to they listen to our show a lot. And it got a oh, I got a little creeped out. And you know how how hard it is to creep me out. But <laughs> they said that they even listened to our show to fall asleep together. Oh God! Yeah, that is. So, you now, know, uh, t- okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I, yeah. I just got a, a little aside here, okay? Have I told you how I've been getting to sleep? Oh, no. It, it's awful, oh, no. <laughs> but it's it's so good. Okay. okay. My dad came to visit me, mm-hmm. and he we were talking about what podcast we fell asleep to, and I told him, like, uh, yeah, I fall asleep to uh, My Book of Mormon. Right, right. Because the guy's got a really deep voice. It's a classic. Um, and he goes, well, I don't really like him much. But I fall asleep to Mark Levin. <laughs> so the other night I couldn't get to sleep, so I tried it and I fell straight to sleep. <laughs> I don't get it because he sounds like an angry muppet. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, um, it was. It worked so well. I woke up stunned and voting Republican. <laughs> There was wow. just an Classics. elephant in the room. It was amazing. Mm, literally. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. You were you were saying. Well, anyway, <laughs> so so Ben and Jessica listened to us, um, which really creeps me out at first that they're trying to fall asleep. But then I'm totally invested now, and I think that we should give them maybe like a a thirty second monologue uh, to help them fall asleep. You know, you know what I'm oh, saying? That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you could say All some right. words, I could say some words, and we can help Ben and Jessica fall asleep in each other's arms, listening to what matters most. This uh, is a great freaking idea. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh- okay because that's love now as you sink your heads further into those mashed potato pillows just think about the blue skies and the antelope and the wildebeests and the rhinoceros that is now extinct but 
Think not of the heaviness of death, but think instead. Uh, uh, go to sleep now. Go to sleep. So we can wake you up halfway through the episode screaming about something awful. Perf. <laughs> All right. I think that suffices. Yes, I think that suffices. And one other thing to our patrons. I just want to... I had this horrible thought the other day. Oh, dear. Um, you want to kill our patrons? Well, that. And the other thing is, like, uh, we've been getting a lot of big donations recently. Mm. And I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that the, the model we we chose on Patreon is a monthly model. Um, so if you gave 20 bucks or something, it's going to bill you that next month on the same day unless you change it. So if you want to dial that back... Um, because you need to save some money or something like that, go and do it. Because yeah. otherwise you're going to get another $20 bill and you're probably going to feel cheated and we don't want you to feel cheated. We want you to have fun with it. So like, Because we're cheats in bu- relationships, but not in your wallets. That's right. And we're huge fucking frauds, but we at least tell you about it. So, <laughs> yeah, Ben and Roy and everybody else who's given like 20 bucks a month, like we appreciate it a lot. Um, but, you know, some other people have done that and then just realized like the next month that, oh shit, it was monthly. Right. Uh, don't feel like you have to stay at that rate. I mean, we love you for absolutely. It because, yeah. I mean, I don't want. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't want your money, and it's not that we don't need it. Yes. Um. It's just that we don't want you to feel like you obligated. Got yeah, yeah. 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 And you don't need need to feel obligated to give twenty bucks a month. I mean, right. in I mean that's a that's a whole like box of jewel pods. All right. Like that's a big deal. <laughs> so, um. Yeah. 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 Good. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Just wanted everyone to know that because uh, I don't want it to take you by surprise. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the next thing is speaking of money, mm. um, we're pretty. We're. Uh, I don't want to say we're close, but we're very much considering starting a merch store so you guys can like get what? some mugs and t-shirts and things. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And what the funny thing is, I was like, who would want to buy our shit? And it turns out a lot of people want. Like mugs with the we talk about dead people. Oh my logo. god, it, that'd be sick. I mean, I want one too. Oh, me I too. I really do. And I think we should do what everybody with a mug club or whatever the fuck does, and that's like the simultaneous sip. Oh, oh, no. Shit. Like, if we all had we talk about dead people mugs mm, and we could mm-hmm. like sip them at the same time, that'd oh. be awesome. We, well, we'd have to we'd have to be sitting across the table and then link arms like Vikings and then sip the mugs. Yes. Yeah. Or do like the Ben Hur thing, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, and then the last thing we need to talk about before we get into the episode, <coughs> and it's important, uh, is that is it? it's kind of it's a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, bit. just a little bit, tiny, tiny bit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you probably know this already, but James is getting married pretty soon. Ah, sorry, James. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um. <clears throat> So that's going to put him out of commission for at least two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably um, have to take a, a bit of a breaksy doodle <coughs> Yeah. So, um, I don't know how that's going to look. I will probably continue to release something weekly, just so you're not just left in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll be left in the dark, kidding. but... <laughs> yeah, he'll be left in the dark for the rest of his life. Uh, or or at least until there's a, a suspicious death or something. That's I true. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, his suspicious death, that's what I'm talking about, True. by the way. Uh, so, <clears throat> as hard as that is, I'm going to see if I can get some guests on. Oh. If you, 
if you don't like the idea of guests, I can also do it myself, which mm. isn't as much fun and kind of sucks because I've tried it. But it, it is sexier though. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, there's there's other things I can do. Um, but basically, if you have an if you have an opinion on what should be done in you know the two, three, maybe four weeks that James is not around, um, let us know on Twitter or on Facebook. I mean, because yeah. once he's once he's done the 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 deed the uh the the uh yes the deed sure <laughs> i was gonna try to come up with a pun but i'm not once he's done with that he'll be back oh and, yeah you know we'll be back on track and everything yeah uh, but and this then, is just one of those weird parts where james is not around <laughs> yeah and we do apologize our plan was originally to have a whole bunch of pre-recorded episodes that we could release but we just don't have the time man yeah, I mean, I know I've said it before, but I have, like, four jobs, all right? It's not fun, and I'm busy all the time, and, you know, it's like even this episode's going to be kind of short, probably, just because I, I literally ran out of time. This yeah, week. yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah. But we love you. Anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, we love you so much, and, you know, eventually the goal is to make this full-time, um, and, you know, when that happens, there will be no delays, there will be no problems at all. It will just happen. That and since I'm never dystopian. getting married, that's another thing. Mm. Since I'm never getting married, you won't have to wait for another... another well, you're married to Christ. I mean, that's a whole other issue. That's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm married to Mormon Jesus. Right. That's what I meant. Right, same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Bryce anyway. Blank thing. So, we've done all this bullshit now. We've been talking for 10, 15 minutes. Mm. I think it's time to go down to the History Lab and get the show rolling. Let's go, man! Down we History go! Lab. I can't, oh, fuck. I can't make my voice crack like I usually do. <laughs> Off horrible. we go! Off we go! Oh, I, I can't do it. Off we go! Okay, there we go. There we go. <clears throat> Off we go. There's that wailing siren of a voice. I'm sick as a dog. <laughs> oh, sick, you might dogs. say, as like a... No, stop! <laughs> This week, the Frenchiest king ever, at Bitches in Space. Charles VI, a French king who did some weird shit, and like a, a dog. <laughs> because brand consistency is not in James's vocabulary. <laughs> You know, James, we gotta get real jobs. I know. I mean, this is great and all, but with you getting married and all that shit, I mean, dude. Yeah. Or we could actually take this seriously and, and actually become full-time podcasters. Possible. Definitely yeah. possible. No. All right, yeah. all right, let's do this, okay? Okay. Hmm. Computer, please bring up Charles VI and Laika the dog. <laughs> Okay, Aaron, so tell me, what is Charles the, not fifth, not fourth, but sixth best known for? Charles the sixth is best known for being the first person we ever covered on We Talk About Dead People. Uh, I thought that was John Wilkes Booth, though. Wrong again, as always. Shit! Our first guy was Charles the sixth in an unreleased shit-isode I recorded with my phone. True story, ladies and gents. It actually is true. Yeah. yeah. Should, should we tell that story real quick, maybe? Like, uh, a ten second? Ten second. Why don't you tell it? I, I don't remember. Well, the first time we threw around this idea of 
We talk about dead people. We decided with a couple other friends just to sit at a table uh, with Aaron's phone recording in the middle of the table and Aaron talking to us about uh, about Charles VI. And uh, it was bad. It was it was bad. Um, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. I'm just it couldn't like, have been that bad because Zach was there. <laughs> that's true. Zach was there. He yeah yeah the monkey in the abyss. But <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we're redoing this guy, though, because, uh... He's got quite the story, if I do recall. Yeah, well, <clears throat> here's the thing. I... I... French history... Mm. Is so dumb. <laughs> it's all white flags and baguettes, am I right? You're, you're right, buddy. Mm. Um, but also, um... Hold on, my phone just woke up. Good morning. Good morning, phone. So, Aaron, <laughs> what did Charles VI look like? Charles VI. Oh, I God. Forgot how. <laughs> you scrolled down, didn't you? You saw it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. He's a whacked out looking guy. He is uh, and not all of his pictures are this bad, but this is the one I picked. Mm. And it's the picture that's on Wikipedia right now and has been for a year now, mm. at least. Uh, it's an excellent visual example of how nuts this guy was. Yeah. Um, I don't know how else to say it, but this guy looks like he's got a dead bird on his head. I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> Pretty sure I said that last year when we were doing the sample episode, or the test episode. Mm, mm -hmm. But I can't think of anything else it looks like. It looks like a dead bird. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> black peacock. Yeah, it's just like this... Like blast of black on the top of his head. Hmm. It's really strange. Um, it, oh god, I'm about to choke. You better say something, James. I'm muting it. So, the thing about choking is there are three procedures to stop the choking. First, you shove more <coughs> food down the throat so that it ejects <laughs> the other food out the other end. Secondly, you buy a sweater, because it's Christmas time, and you need a sweater. And thirdly, you get on back to the fucking show, because Aaron, this is taking so long, and he's still coughing. Right, oh my okay, god. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good now. It's gonna be like this the whole time. Oh god. Anyway, so I'm gonna try to talk a little slower, a little mm. more gently. Yeah, take your time. put you to sleep, but mm. that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, for Ben and Jessica. Um, to finish up... Uh, He's got a sad look on his face, hmm. uh, which is appropriate because this lad was hella miserable most of his life. Yeah. He did not have an easy time. <laughs> and uh, so, James, what what is uh, Laika best known for? <clears throat> Laika is best known for being a dog. Yes. And also for being a famous cosmonaut and Whoa. for being the first creature to orbit Earth in space. Wow, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, and she was not the first animal in space, but she was the first uh, one to orbit the Earth in they, space. They sent is, some mice first, right? Uh, they sent, actually, I think the first living thing that we intentionally, you know, sent up there, because I'm, I'm sure you could be, we'll get some people like, well, actually, there were probably viruses on the uh, metal altoids. And it's like, you know what, shut up. We didn't mean to send those up. <laughs> Okay, uh, I think the first living thing we sent up there, and by we I mean we as the humans, not as Americans, uh, 
I think someone sent up some fruit flies uh, for a radiation oh, test. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I know a monkey was sent up there uh, a couple of a couple of times. Um, mm. And this was as early as the forties, man. The forties. Damn. Yeah. Throwing the shit in the forties. Oh god, the sixteen forties. <laughs> a hot air balloon. So. <laughs> He's still going. Yep. <laughs> Just <laughs> into chasing with a beyond. jar of fruit, fruit flies. <laughs> Do not go gentle into that good night. <laughs> what is that? Do not go gentle into the what good night? Uh, something good night. Uh, something like that, yeah. Anyway. So what remember. did Laika look like? Well, she's got a snout, four legs, uh, lots of fuzziness, a tail, and, <laughs> uh, and some eyes. So, like my ex... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that. Definitely the snout part expect- and the four legs. <laughs> say, what about the tail and the fuzziness mm. and the tail? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's a good description. Was it? Was she at least a cute dog? She's adorable, and we have pictures and even like some video of her, and she's so cute. This is my animal. Damn, cute dude! Voice. It sounds like you're still in love with your ex. <laughs> oh shit! Well, not her. That was... <laughs> I was asking what your ex looked like. Not like him. I was gonna say that my ex and Leica both ate their feces, but I have no records of Leica <laughs> actually doing that, so I couldn't say that. It's <laughs> <That's> horrible. <laughs> disgusting. All right. I wish it weren't true, though, that dogs did that. Like, oh, god damn it. Got it, yeah. <laughs> My sister raises dogs. Have you ever Lots wondered, though? Never mind. No, Go, no. On. Go no, on. No, I have never wondered. <laughs> I don't care where that question goes. I have it's fine. never wondered. <laughs> All never right, mind. so let's get into Charles VI's early life, because if I don't... We got to get moving, otherwise I'm going to lose my voice before the show's over. And okay, and nobody wants that. All right. <clears throat> yes. So, Charles VI was born in Paris Shit. on literally the day I was writing this, Ooh. which is the 3rd of December. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, that was 1368. Now, did you which write Which is sort that? of mega weird. No, I, I, what? Did what? you write what? this in 1368? No, I wrote it on the 3rd of December, 2018. Mm-hmm. And he was born on the 3rd of December, 1368. Ah. It was just super weird to go on the page and be like, oh shit, that's today. Um, yeah. So happy birthday, Charles VI. Happy birthday. Um, but here's here's a pretty exciting thing. All right, get mm-hmm. this. Get mm-hmm. this, James. Okay. He was the son of, get this, Charles V. Whoa. That oh. makes six of them, which is a lot of Charles's. <laughs> that's seven too many. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little bit uh, <clears throat> uh, hell of creativity there. I, I know why they did it, but like, goddamn. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Seriously. Anyway, so being Charles the Sixth, son mm-hmm. of Charles the Fifth, son of Charles the Fourth, Third, Second, First. Uh, this means that Charles the Sixth is heir to the French throne. Ooh. Yeah. Which I mean, make of that what you will, because I mean, who wants to be the heir to the French throne? Let's <laughs> yeah, be real. Seriously. I mean, Have you been seeing what's going on in France these days? <laughs> You've got fucking Walmart employees like pr- like protesting in Paris and setting cars on fire. Yeah, yeah. Am I wrong? Do they look like Walmart employees? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't these days? They do. They they do because they're wearing. You have you seen the yellow jackets? 
Or the yellow uh, vests or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they look like they're cart pushers. It's mm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what they're protesting about, but that's the first thing I saw. Yeah, well... <laughs> when I googled it. I mean, I, who wouldn't what? protest if you worked in a Walmart? Actually, you have worked in a Walmart. <laughs> I have worked in a Walmart. I still have the vest. Uh, I'm a thief. Mm. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I did actually find out what they're protesting about. Oh, what are they, what are they protesting? Taxation. Oh. Do they have because representation? Taxation is theft. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually don't. I actually don't know much about it. I just, I just wanted the basic. Like, okay, what are they protesting this time? Okay, taxation. That's a good one. All right, fine. Like, go at it. You yep. know, put on your yellow traffic vest. Push some carts, throw some tea into the and harbor, then start the second French Revolution. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> all that aside, mm. Charles VI is heir to the French throne, which is actually a good thing, um, because his dad dies when he like when he's eleven. Oh shit. Um, and they need a new king. Right. And so he becomes the king at, at eleven years old. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. Monarchy is great. So, what, uh, what, if, what was the biggest what? responsibility you had when you were 11 years old? Oh, shit. Uh, probably to... God, I don't know if I was doing my laundry yet. What about you? Uh, I had a pet rat that I had to take care of. Um, oh, shit. But that was barely a success. So, running all of France... Well, that's basically like taking care of a giant rat. But... You know... <clears throat> That's a lot of responsibility, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's take. <laughs> you just slurp it away. Uh, but all right. I just don't want. Okay. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You can't actually have an 11 year old kid running the country. That's just sure. going to happen. Yeah. Uh, no. He's got to be at least 14. <laughs> oh, sure. So, yeah. So a regency takes power until he turns 14. Hmm. At which point he just says, nah, you guys keep going. I'm going to chill some more. Mm hmm. Which is not a great thing, because, well, these regents are a theme in Charles's life. Oh, dear. So who, are, who were these regents? Mm. I'm glad you asked, Malcolm. The regents were basically Charlie's uncles. Um, but, of course, they were all dukes and shit. Right. They got papers. Mm. Uh, and so what were they doing? Take a guess. Uh, the dukes? What they were, what they were yeah, doing? Yeah, a collective regency uh, taking care of France. What are they doing? Probably taxing the shit out of the lower classes and wasting all the money. That's like totally. That's guess. exactly. That's exactly right. Is it okay? Well, yeah, because that's they're fighting amongst each other. Show. Yeah, they're fighting against amongst each other over like who's the real you know regent or mm. whatever, um, and they're just wasting all of Charles V's money. <laughs> Um, and Charles V, who was, of course, Charlie's dad, had spent a lot of time working the economy and getting as much cash out of it as he could. Oh. Um, and he did this all while repealing taxes oh. all the way until he died. What a guy. Like, even on his deathbed, he was repealing taxes. <laughs> That's how I want to go out. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, his stupid brothers reinstate all the taxes <sighs> that Charles V got rid of. And started spending it on bullshit that nobody needs. <laughs> oh, and they got themselves some tax revolts. <laughs> so they increased taxes even more so they can buy more bullshit to put down the tax revolts. <laughs> this is classic France. <laughs> I mean, all I can think of that they would be buying are just powdered wigs, right? Right. Yeah. Right. It's like the just like they're doing today. Right. <laughs> exactly. 
So, I think it's just so funny that I was reading about this, and I'm like, Fuck! This is just like Paris right now! Yeah, no, seriously, not much has changed. And this is why you should know your history, otherwise you're doomed to repeat it. Doomed! Doomed! <laughs> yeah, alright. <clears throat> so Charles VI sees all this going on, and he's just a kid. But, after a while, he's like, alright, now... Okay, I want to be king now, you sons of bitches. Mm. All right, so he ends the regency in 1388 and takes power. Okay. Uh, and the first thing he does, which I love, is mm. he rehires all of his dad's best advisors, who had been fired. Sure. Uh, and turns the economy around. Nice. And starts repealing all the taxes again, and he earns himself the nickname, therefore, uh, by the people, Charles the Beloved. Oh. Which is just fantastic. So it people is. love yeah. him, right? Okay, this is good. This is promising. He came... He came in, and he got rid of corruption, and, yeah. you know, just a champion of the people. Mm. He was truly, truly loved by his people. Mm. Uh, and that's going to come up a lot, actually. Okay. Which is part of why I actually like Charles VI quite a bit. Mm. Um, so Charles VI was uh, married at 17 uh, to a 14-year-old, which back then was normal. And uh, still normal in France. I fucking hate you, man. <laughs> um <laughs> Because, and Fra France and Louisiana, because they're basically the same thing. They are. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> her, her, uh, this girl he's married to is named uh, Isabeau of Bavaria. Because, mm. uh, yeah. And anyway, people got married really young back then. Yeah. Um, I think if I had to get married at 14 or 17 like these two, I might have ended up like living on the high seas <laughs> to escape. <laughs> Just alone? Or like L. Ron Hubbard with a whole sea fleet? Um... That's a hard pick, because L. Ron Hubbard had, like, a ship of fools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Being alone on the high seas would be less fun. Okay. Um, so, anyway, th these two had actually 12 children oh together. Oh, my God. Which is, like, completely unheard of these days. Yeah. Um, and, th but, of course, that was over the course of their entire marriage. Yeah. Uh, and they lost several of them, so they weren't, like, you know, dealing with 12 children all at once. Right. Many of them died at young yeah. ages, because... It's the 1300s. Mm. Um, but here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Things are going to go dreadfully wrong for this this up-and-coming king. Oh, boy. But that's where we're going to stop with Charles VI, because I need to give my voice a break. Sure. All right. So, James. Mm-hmm. Shall we just go into Laika's early life? Sure. Okay. Take it away. Sure. So, Laika's early life. Um, Before we get to that... Okay. We need to talk about my favorite first date topic. Oh. Soviet okay. space program! <laughs> Great choice. Uh, I can't wait. Let's go. Okay. And to begin with this, we've got to talk about the Nazis. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. So it turns That's out in uh, <clears throat> WW2, the Nazis were extremely technologically advanced, especially when no it shit. came to rockets. And right. uh, London found this out quite a bit. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, oh, the Nazis... <laughs> <laughs> the Nazis Swat made some... doodle bugs. <laughs> what? what do they call them? They called the V2s, V1s, V2s, doodle bugs. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a cute name for something that killed so many people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh. Okay. <laughs> 
So the Nazis made some leaps and bounds when it came to rocket technology. So after the Nazis were defeated, the United States and the Soviet Union both found themselves basically playing catch-up to the Nazis for rocket technology. And what Hmm. this meant was basically they stole a bunch of top Nazi scientists, gave them new fake names, and pretended they weren't Nazis or war criminals. It's, oh, that's kind of the same thing they did with Unit 731. Right, yeah. It's, uh, for the, the Nazi thing, it's called Operation Paperclip. Uh, we'll have to get into it again later. But it's basically when America, at least with Operation Paperclip, we brought in all these Nazi war criminals, uh, but they were smart, so we pretended they weren't Nazis, gave them fake American names, and were like, well, maybe they can help us now. And they did. And no. that's the story of Michael Jordan. <laughs> and the true reason for the season. That's the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've been wanting to do an episode that sort of tangentially covers things like Unit 731. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't know if you guys know what this is. I know Roy does. Um, because I gave him a big fucking lecture about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Unit 731 was... I mean, my God, do not Google that. No. It's fucking awful. But, you know, we took the research, which they gathered from experimenting on humans and used it, and the uh, perpetrators basically got away. So that's nice. Uh, Sweet dreams. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So. Anyway, so. Carry on. Back to to this shit. It's, uh, it's, anyway, it's all fun and games until sweet southern Jesus! Aaron, do you know what time it is? It's time for the Cold War! Oh, no! Uh, Oh, man, that really put a strain on my voice. mm, All right. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. The Cold War put a strain on a lot of voices. (laughs) (laughs) They're now silenced. Uh, Moment of silence for the strained voices of the Cold War. Okay, thank you. So, uh, the the Cold War has started, and the Soviet Union and America aren't talking to each other, which is uh, step one of breakup. Uh, and then these two world superpowers began building a whole bunch of missiles, um, which is step two of breakup. Uh, and then they began pointing these missiles at each other, which is the third and final step of a classic breakup. <laughs> yeah, pointing missiles at each other, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then everybody got scared, because if these missiles were all fired, the world would be annihilated. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, the U.S. and Russia decided that instead of sending deadly missiles at each other, maybe it would be better to send science missiles into space. Which I would never thought well, of that a, way. But it's, uh... That's a nice solution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it a flex? Is it like, look, we can... It is a flex. Oh, yeah. yeah no, like, this, we're getting into the space race, man. This is... This is just classic dick measuring of the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dick measuring of the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, just like two male wildebeests competing for the prettiest wildebeest at the waterhole, <laughs> Russia and the U.S. has had to make this into a competition, like I just said. Right. And this is known as the space race. Who will be the first side to make it into space? Who will be the first side to actually put a living creature into space? Who will make it first to the moon? Besides Wallace and Gromit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, Russia makes it into space first. Damn uh, it! Yeah. Yeah. Damn commies. So they launched the... Bastards. uh Yeah. They launched the first artificial man-made satellite into space, uh, Sputnik 1. 
Sputnik. 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 Sputnik one. Yeah, Sputnik yeah, one. I know. And what did Sputnik one do? Well, uh, I'm just saying, just like the Charles thing, they're not very creative with the names. It's just like Charles right. V, Charles VI, Sputnik one, Sputnik two. What does Sputnik two. mean? Um, you know when you're carving a potato and you just nick it a little <laughs> bit with a knife? That's a, that's a nick of a spud, which in Russia is nick sput. Uh, but backwards, because, uh, communism is backwards, it's Sputnik. <laughs> that was brilliant. All right. So that's, that's why. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, right. you've definitely seen a, a picture of Sputnik one. It's that, uh, it looks like a metallic basketball with four tails sticking out of it. It's... It looks like that thing from Fallout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was looking yeah. at. Anyway, Sputnik 1 achieves orbit in early October of 1957. It orbited for three weeks until its batteries died. Then it kept orbiting silently for another two months before falling back to Earth. Through its journey, Sputnik had completed 1,440 orbits of Earth and had traveled 43 million miles. Oh my god. Or 70 million kilometers for you godless commies. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, the Soviets now had a clear head start victory with the space race, and Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev uh, demanded that this continue by launching another spacecraft, like, right now. Uh, okay. And he wanted it launched on November 7th, 1957, which would mark the 40th anniversary of the October Revolution. Gotta celebrate that! Yep! <laughs> Nothing went uh, wrong there! Uh, yeah, oh, so... Khrushchev also told the Soviet space team that he wanted this next launch to be as monumental as the first, leaving the whole world stunned once more. Uh, because the first launch did stun the world. It was like, holy shit, the Soviets are in space. And yeah, weren't, that and, would be pretty scary. And the Americans are not at this point. We're, uh, we're way behind them in our technology. Yeah. Uh, the problem is now. Who was the general? Who was the general in World War II who wanted to invade Russia after defeating Nazi Germany? Uh, Did we cover him? I don't know. I don't think so. We haven't there covered... One yeah, there's been a few. Well, yeah, there was at least one general who, like, had this plan to, like, invade Russia post-World War II to hmm. sort of put down the communists before they could become a world power. Oh, wait, um, is this... Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we talk about it? I feel like we talked about it. Well, I know we talked about, um, in World War One during the initial... Russian Revolution, the Allies did send troops into Russia to fight alongside the, the white Russians against the red Russians, and we got our asses kicked, um, and that's why yeah. we're never taught that, but yeah, we sent like 10,000 commandos into Russia. Uh, with that's right, I remember reading about British that. allies to, to fight the communists, and uh, they just crushed us, because we don't know how to, f nobody knows how to fight in Russia besides the Mongols. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. And the Russians, apparently. And, and the Russians, apparently. Yeah. 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 Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, okay, so, so Khrushchev is like, I need a second Sputnik up there. And that's what Russians sound like. <laughs> uh, so now these Soviet scientists, they have less than four weeks to do something that had never been done before and had to do it in a way to impress the entire world. Are you kidding me? They have four weeks. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Rocket science can't be done in four weeks, can it? N well, we'll see. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they settle. They're like the next biggest thing besides just sending a satellite into space. The next big thing would be sending a live creature into space and then orbiting the Earth with it. Uh, so this is where finally our girl Leica comes into the story. Okay. So Leica was a stray dog living in the streets of Moscow. Uh, she was a mutt, but probably had some husky or terrier in her, and she's super cute. Um, uh, there are plenty of pictures of her. And the Soviet scientists chose Moscow as the place to find a stray dog, uh, because being homeless in Moscow means that you're going to be used to super harsh and cold conditions. Uh, wow. And you probably won't make it back when Napoleon marches you back to France. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Laika was about 11 or 13 pounds when she was taken by the Soviet scientists. And the Soviet team, despite being kami scum, absolutely fell in love with her. Uh, oh, damn it! Yeah. She, and this, this next part is so cute. She had a calm and friendly demeanor and was given the nicknames by the Soviet scientists. These are, these are the nicknames, okay? They had yeah. Kudravka, uh, which means little curly... <laughs> they had limon chick, which means little lemon, and oh. my personal favorite, zuka, which means little bug. <laughs> <laughs> little bug. Oh, yeah. God damn it! I know they're gonna shoot her into space. <laughs> Fuck these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Yep. So um. Uh, where were we? Okay, so the other thing about this mission is it wasn't secret. So this is the Cold War. There's a lot of secrecy going on, but the whole world knew what the Soviets were trying to do. Um, and right. we, like we as Americans, couldn't do anything because we weren't even close to those stages yet. So the whole world was kind of watching, and uh, Laika was the name usually used by papers around the world because Laika is Russian for the type of mutt the dog was. Um, so it kind of just turned into her name. And that's what she's usually referred to. Um, but of course, America had to be different. <laughs> so instead of calling her a cute Russian name, the American press dubbed the dog Muttnik. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. That's, uh, that's actually brilliant. <laughs> it's so dehumanizing or de-dogonizing, but yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> de <-dog -nizing>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so it turns out that Laika, or Mutnik, was one of three dogs trained to be used on this mission, the Sputnik second, the Sputnik 2 flight. Right. And uh, the other two dogs were named Albina and Mushka, and that is where we will leave uh, Mutnik, or Laika, for now. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, the space race is one of the most interesting things. Uh, it really is. There was talk about like colonizing the moon and you know oh, going yeah. to other planets, and it was like uh, these big dreams, kind of you know I don't know, but all because people were measuring dicks. So I don't know. Exactly. Pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. So. Yep. Shall we just roll into Charles VI's adult life? Let's do it. All right. So when we left Charles VI, he was being a really successful young king, uh, who's mm. getting rid of corruption and dealing with idiot regents. That's good. But he didn't get very far. Oh, until he bad. started to lose his mind. Oh. <laughs> uh, and it, it happened really early. He had early onset something. We're not exactly sure 
what was mm. his problem because of course it was like 700 years ago um, right but in his mid-20s he started to have some major mental problems um, it wasn't entirely unexpected though because he was genetically predisposed to mental illness his mom had it in her in her blood so mm. to speak mm-hmm. um, so he went from being called Charles the Beloved to being called Charles the Mad after one particular incident Okay. <laughs> so he lost his beloved title, um, and and gained Charles the Mad. All right. So there's how did this, that happen? Yeah. So there's this guy, uh, one of Charles the Sixth's advisors, named Olivier de Clisson. Mm. But we're gonna call him Oliver because fuck it. All right. And there's <laughs> yeah. this other guy named Pierre de Crayon, uh, uh-huh. who we're gonna call Pierre because that's at least easy. Anyway, so yes. uh, <clears throat> Pierre was recently fired. All right. Mm. Uh, he was on some board of directors somewhere, some bullshit like that. Um, and he blames Oliver, who is Charles VI's advisor. Um, right. And so he does the obvious thing, and he goes to Paris with a group of assassins and attacks Oliver in the streets. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, you're going to remember this story because uh, it's so uh-huh. stupid. Um, he ends up, Pierre ends up stabbing uh, Oliver uh-huh. right off his horse. And straight wow. into the door of the local bakery. <laughs> <laughs> and the door was apparently so heavy that it knocked Oliver right the fuck out. Yeah. Um, and Clisson, being a stupid idiot. Oh, wait, no, that's wrong. Not Clisson. Uh, sorry. Pierre? Clion, Pierre. Pierre. Yeah, being a stupid idiot. He thought he was dead. All right. He was like, <laughs> I stabbed the fucker. He's lying on the ground motionless. He hit his head on the bakery <laughs> door. The baker is screaming like he's dead. All right. Yeah. So he books it. All right. He's like, fuck it. Get out. Let's get out of here. <laughs> um, but Oliver wasn't dead because he was wearing <laughs> chain mail. <laughs> uh, and he had like no wounds at all. He was just like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Um, and Dick. Na- <laughs> and now Pierre's on the run. Okay. Yeah. And so he took refuge with one of the corrupted dukes who had actually orchestrated the whole thing mm. um, because he was like, he wanted to get at the king, right? He wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this duke refused to hand over the would-be assassin to the authorities, hmm. which is to say, you know, to be executed for attempted assassination or whatever. Yeah. So Charles VI hears about this and he's like, I fucking love Oliver. Who would mm. try to kill him? Yeah. And he finds out it's this duke and this this duke is harboring the assassin in his castle. So oh. he's like, I can't fucking have this. So no. he gets his army together. <laughs> <laughs> and right? Marches on Brittany. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, no, I, I'm not going to make a joke about that. All right, so <clears throat> marching on Brittany. Uh, <laughs> along the way, oh Charles starts getting kind of weird. All right. Oh. It, it was hot out, for one thing. Because it was July. It was the 1st of July Mm -hmm. when they left. And also mobilizing an army is no easy task. Sure. Uh, So Charles starts voicing his impatience to the men. And when he did, he didn't do it very clearly. He was like, Hmm. he was like, take those people and go that way. Or something like that. But he would like leave out all like half the words and things. Like it was Hmm. broken up and slurred. And just like, people are like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? Yeah. Um, nonetheless, like he got frustrated because people couldn't figure out what the fuck he was trying to say. Um, mm. And also, he's mobilizing an army in the heat of the summer. I'd be yeah. frustrated. Like, yeah, oh, you sure. bet your ass you would be too. <laughs> yeah. 
And I don't even know what he was wearing. He might have been decked out in armor. I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. So he's just riding along with the army, like bacon in the hot sun, Mm. um, feeling worse and worse. And then this leprous peasant comes screeching (laughs) out of the forest, takes Uh hold of Charlie's horse reins, takes hold of the king's horse reins. And this is a leper. Yeah. He shouts... Ride no feather, noble king. Turn back, you are betrayed. Huh? So he's like saying, there's people up ahead who are going to kill your ass, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, okay. So, of course, Charlie does the obvious thing, and he orders Mm. his men to beat this leper. (laughs) (laughs) Which they do. Also Um, my favorite first date activity. (laughs) Beat the leper. (laughs) (laughs) That's so terrible. So they they beat this leper and they just leave him in the dust. And he's mm-hmm. he like gets up and he's like following the army. He's just screaming for them to listen. Like, there's guys up ahead who are gonna kill you. And like oh. there are men in your ranks right now who will betray you. Oh. And Charles begins to wonder if this beggar's telling the truth. Hmm. Right? Uh so about noon, a page in the hot sun falls asleep. And drops the king's lance, uh, which, <laughs> like, comically falls over onto another page who's carrying uh-huh. the king's helmet. <laughs> so you get hell? this bonk, right? Yeah. And the sound is so startling to the already screwed up King Charles, who is baking in the hot sun, that he immediately draws his sword and shrieks, Forward against the traitors! They wish to deliver me to the enemy! <laughs> so he just starts—he fucking kicks his horse, <laughs> screams forward, and starts slashing his own men with his sword. <laughs> this is horrible. I know. And here's the thing: he ended up killing several people. Oh! Including a knight called the Bastard of Polignac. Which... Oh, jeez, oh, that's an unfortunate and, name. And but a knight! Probably, he I killed know. his own knight! Killed his own knight! And he probably would have kept going if he hadn't been unhorsed and pinned to the ground. Uh, oh. At which point he, like, fell into a coma. Oh, God. So, it's like, not good! Not good! Yeah. So, I'm not sure if the campaign <laughs> continued or not, but Charlie went home, alright? It was like, sure, yeah. time to go home, buddy. Alright, so yeah. he goes home. And here's the thing: is like after this, things just weren't the same around the old palace. Uh, Charlie often forgot he was king, oh. uh, which is a hell of a thing to forget. But he also failed to recognize his own wife several oh. times, which is just depressing. Oh. Um, and then once he claimed he was Saint George uh, for like okay. a year. <laughs> Whoa. And yeah. it, I lo- the way people saw, like try to handle this problem is so stupid. Um, so, like, he often ran screaming around the hallways. And sure. his family and advisors in court, they were all afraid that he might, like, go out into the streets and cause a ruckus. Hmm. So, you know, they did the obvious thing and just boarded up the doors. <laughs> there was a time yeah, in 1405. Yeah, there was a time in 1405 he went 5 months without bathing. Howard Hughes style, baby. Oh. Yeah. And he had a, a number of delusions, but the main one was that he believed he was made of glass. So like any human contact at all would shatter him. Okay. Um, and he had so he had iron bars sewn into his clothes to protect him from shatter, <laughs> which to what me seems hell? like that might make you more shatterable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. 
But I mean, he's fucking crazy. So like, we're not gonna, not gonna. Sure. Okay, and so then there's this thing that you're definitely gonna remember. Um, All right. And it's called the Bowl de I vaguely remember this from from when I can't talk from it. Oh no, I'm going mad like he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, 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 I remember know you're, this. You're going to remember all of it because it is impossible to forget. It's horrible, all right? So what's a crazy king to do? Obviously. Like, what's the obvious thing that a crazy king should do, like right now? Um, <laughs> stay inside. Uh, throw a ball. <laughs> and not like a basketball, like a big fucking party. <laughs> right, right. But here's the thing. He's uh-huh. not exactly the one throwing it. Uh-huh. All right. At this point in time in the 1390s, the king's court is just trying to minimize the damage. They're like, this guy's fucking crazy. Like, we can't deal right. with him. Um, and their whole approach to having a crazy king is pretty simple, right? Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is like, one of his chief advisors is basically like, let's just keep him entertained and distracted so he doesn't hurt anybody or do anything stupid. All right. That's f- fair enough. Yeah. And, like, this included every every kind of strategy you can imagine, including one where, like, his wife would wear outrageously extravagant clothing. Hmm. Like, dresses that literally could not fit through doors. Like, oh, that's wow. what she was wearing. All right? Huh. And you got to feel for him a little bit. This is not an easy situation. All right? Yeah. You've yeah. got a monarchy at the head of which is a nutcase who killed his own people, like, in a, a crazed, psychotic panic. You know? I don't mm. know. So... Hmm. Possibly in a moment of pure genius, they come up with a bullshit excuse to have a party. Uh, and hmm. most people in France, like, they got a problem with, like, the extravagance of the monarchy. Yeah. Um, and they're so like, is this necessary? Just, like, plop the guy down and give him a phone, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Angry birds. Yeah. But then again, yeah. they really do still love him. Because he did, mm. he was on their side at least for a little bit, right? Right. Yeah, and that's, um, that's big. Yeah, so they don't have a major problem with him having a little fun at the taxpayer's expense. Um, hmm. Because, you know, he's still Charles the Beloved and Charles right. the Bad. Like, both. He's both. They still like him. Sure. <laughs> uh, of course, this is all speaking very broadly. There's no way to know at all. None at all. And Macron can tell you this. There's no way to know what the French people want. Just no way. No way to know no. what they want. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are no signs. Like, you just have to guess. Yeah, and exploit I, uh, them as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I I was talking to real quick. I was talking to this guy. Um, he was a Frenchman, and he studied French politics. And <laughs> I remember asking him, just like, "Dude, what the hell is up with France?" <laughs> and he's like, "The easiest way to explain uh, French history and the relationship between the French people and the French government is this: uh, like, kind of, kind of the American ideals." The French people do not trust the government. They don't like the government. They don't trust the government. They think the government is corrupt. And then he went on to say, but they also know they have to rely on the government for everything because they're, they have a socialist system. So he's like, it's this really weird dynamic of just hating the government's guts, but loving the government because it takes care of you and that's why there's always just people mad over there (laughs) (laughs) yeah that kind of that sucks yeah Uh, not an ideal situation to hate the thing that you need the most Mm -mm. no sir Mm. uh yeah okay so party right all right and this shit's going down on the 28th of january 1393 hmm and it's a masquerade ball held in Charles's royal household. Mm. 
the hotel de something. I can't remember. Whatever. Um, and it's just crazy. All right. It's not just, it's no ordinary party. It's, it's oh, I'm sure. absolutely fucking crazy, which is great, you know, because he's a crazy king. Have a crazy sure. party, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's make him more crazy. How about that? All right. Mm-hmm. So people are wearing like crazy animal masks and shit and there's mm. discordant music being played. Like it's supposed to be irritating. <laughs> um, and people are just crashing cymbals all over the place. <laughs> Uh, it's awful. Uh, I, I'm like, I would hate this fucking party. This is bullshit. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, one guy comes up with the idea of getting several of Charles's best knights and mm-hmm. Charles himself to dress mm-hmm. up as savages and dance for everyone. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> and the who way was that guy? <laughs> he was a guy who um, I think he didn't like the king. Okay, but like kept it low key. Sense. Yeah, um, but the way they do this is just so stupid; it's hard to believe. All right, mm-hmm. so they sew the costumes onto the knights mm. and Charles the Sixth, so they can't take them off. Oh God! Without help. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're putting the crazy king in the show too. <laughs> oh, oh, and one other thing: these uh-huh. costumes are literally made of linen, resin, and flax. Uh-huh. If this doesn't sound stupid yet, let me ask you one question. When was the light bulb invented? What? Um, I have no idea. Not in 1393. And here's oh. the fucking thing. <laughs> they know these things are flammable as ass. Oh, so they no. order all the torches to be taken out of the room during the performance. Which, okay, you know, well, that's good. Yeah. Safety okay. first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, about no. I, I know, I know. So, <clears throat> the show goes on. Mm-hmm. It's a stupid party. Everyone's wearing a mask and probably drunk, too. The yeah, show I'm goes sure. on, and Charlie and his nighty boys go about basically acting like Jim Carrey's portrayal of the Grinch. They're just, like, <laughs> barking at people in their face and swearing <laughs> at them. And basically just being awful. Because it's all part of the show, you see. <laughs> yeah. And then some drunk motherfucker, Charles' own brother, in fact, (laughs) just shows up in the hall, and because it's nighttime, they're all carrying torches! (laughs) (laughs) And they're drunk! (laughs) So this guy, this guy, the Duke of Orleans, Orleans, Mm -hmm. um, he goes in, he's like, what the fuck is happening here? (laughs) He wants to know what the hell is going on. So he holds out his torch and nobody stopped him. He was trying Uh to see under the mask of one of the dancers. Uh Uh-huh. And one spark flies. Oh. (laughs) And they all go up. (laughs) Yeah. So in... (laughs) It's horrible. It's awful. We should not be laughing. This is terrible. No. But perhaps they deserved it a little bit. I mean, <laughs> maybe. Oh God. <laughs> okay, so there's a in the 17th century there was this guy named William Prynne, who mm. wrote of the incident <clears throat> that the Duke of Orleans put one of the torches his servant held so near the flax that he set one of the coats on fire, and so each of them set fire onto one the other, and so they were all in a bright flame. Oh, my God. Yeah, so everybody in this little show is on fire. Mm. Mm-hmm. And modern scholars actually seem to think that there's some evidence that this drunk bastard actually threw his torch at the dancers, thinking they were demon-possessed. 
Uh, that, that makes a little sense, I guess. Which, which makes sense, because the, the theme of the party was basically demons. Oh, God. I forgot to mention okay. that. Yeah, it was like satanic oh. shit. It was bad. Anyway, so... Well, people, I... Go ahead. Yeah. I, I throw torches at people dancing. It's, it's a nasty <laughs> habit. But it makes sense. Yeah, positive vibes only. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. <clears throat> You've got these flaming wild men, right? <laughs> and they're surrounded by drunk people. Uh-huh. And nobody knows what the hell to do. Yeah. So so they just start freaking the fuck out, and rightfully <laughs> so. Charles's <laughs> wife, Isabeau, immediately faints because, you know, that's her husband out there. Yeah. You know, she's been caring for him. He's a nutcase, oh. but she still loves him, and he's on fire or whatever. Oh. Um, but actually, he ended up getting rescued um, by his aunt, who is 15. I have no idea how that works. But she okay. throws her massive dress around him to protect him from the sparks, and lucky for him, it works. Oh, wow. Good. So there, there's like a picture of him wrapped in this in his aunt's dress, and she's mm-hmm. like holding him, and he's just looking very scared because, again, he's nuts. All right? Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, everyone is move, like just losing their minds with all this going on. And these men are burning alive in front of the partygoers. Just fucking oh roasting. God. And the Jesus. heat, the heat because of the materials and the costumes, is incredible. Mm. Uh, mm. And the accounts on this are terrible. And this is a trigger warning, 10 out of 10, especially uh-huh. if you're a dude. Their wangs uh. and accompanying <laughs> parts literally no. burned off while they were still struggling to get out of the costumes. Oh my God. Yeah, that hot. And, oh, oh, God. So, yeah, besides Charles, only one of the dancers survived. And he managed to do it by diving into a vat of wine uh, or or dishwater. (laughs) We really don't know which which it was. Um, But most of them just burned alive right there on the floor. Mm. Um, And one held on for a couple of days, uh, and then he died, too. So this, you know, this is a big problem. You got a crazy king, an extravagant ball dedicated to Satan, flaming (laughs) wangs, and now you have a pissed-off populace. And the people aren't mad at Charles. Like they're just like, hey, he's crazy. But you guys, you oh. extravagant rich bastards, you know, yeah. you did this. And they're mad at yeah. everyone else for putting the poor guy in danger. So yeah. the court basically goes on an apology tour around the city to say sorry. Oh. But it does nothing. Right. Um, because and it kills the court's reputation altogether. Because like you were having a satanic party. Yeah. For a crazy man. <laughs> And you had the stupidity to get six of your knights killed. Like, Oh my god, it's... Yeah. So dumb. So freaking dumb. And it wasn't all six, but, you know, fuck it. Um, knights, noblemen in the society. Like, these aren't just, like, soldiers, right? No, 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 no. These are, these are big dudes in society. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like, Charles VI is really shook up over this or whatever, and... Well, I need to I need to frame this differently because that's going to make it sound like I'm defending. This. He did this thing, all right, where he tried to ban all Jews from France. Oh, okay. Yeah, like he issued this edict that was basically like, "Get the fuck out." Um, all right. <laughs> uh, so, make of that what you will. Jesus. Um, yeah, that always just shows up. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just not great. No, not at all. No. Um, and no. The people do it, or at least start to do it, because it's a monarchy, and the king said so. Um, really doesn't matter if he's crazier than a soup sandwich, like hmm. the king said to do it. Um, yeah. 
so that's what they're doing, which... Um, <laughs> so after this, Charles VI is kind of not okay. He just uh-huh. got worse. And I wonder why. Right. <laughs> so his wife is like, this is bullshit. We can't have this guy doing this kind of shit. Like, I love mm-hmm. him to death, but the guy's got to stop. So she gets the regency going again. Um, well, that's probably good. <laughs> great call on her part. Mm-hmm. Um, except it's the same group of dukes from before. Oh. Uh-huh. And she can't really do much to stop the dukes from going back to being self-serving dick buckets. You know, like, they're just... <laughs> right. That's what they are. Um, yeah. So this this destabilizes everything, as you might imagine. And the dukes mm. uh, fire all of the guys that Charles VI, Charles VI brought in to harness them. Mm. And the corruption of the elite continues. Hooray. Of course. Oh, yeah. and of course, we're still <laughs> at war with the English this whole time, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this last paragraph I have written is inaccurate. So I am, and we don't have a script, but the last oh, paragraph is inaccurate. Right. So I'm not going to read it, but that's where we're going to leave Charles VI until his end and death. Okay. Fair enough. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, now, I have about 10 wow. minutes until these guys get here. Okay. Um, I can probably finish adult life, but I marked this. What do you want to do? I would like to clear a space real quick. Um, are you going to be available at in like 25 minutes, maybe? Yeah, in 25 minutes for sure. Okay, cool. Well, let's just, you know, hold up. They said they'll be here at 1130. I don't really believe them. Uh, so let's just keep going, damn it. Let's just keep going. Fuck it. Okay. I marked this. Um, like his adult life is, is short. <laughs> Shit. I know. Well, she's a dog. No. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay, but I'm ready to get into it. Okay. Well. Laika's adult life. Yes. Uh, okay, I gotta say, hmm. we've we've covered some really horrible shit on this show this far. This is the only time I was basically crying while writing the script. Oh, God! Yeah. Okay. And it's really sad. So, if you like dogs... <laughs> I like dogs. Uh, yeah, this is, this is tough. Um... This is tough, but we're going to go with it because it's important and she deserves to be remembered. You ready? I am bracing myself. Okay. So like his adult life. If you remember, the Soviet team is trying to rush the creation of Sputnik number two uh, because Khrushchev was like, uh, I need a space mission right now. Yeah. Um, so this was a huge rushed job. And we're, we're like talking duct tape and WD-40 here, okay? Oh, God. Get this. Get this. Most of the actual parts of the spacecraft were constructed just from looking at rough sketches. What? <laughs> yes. That is but so... It's, wow. Okay. It's either the rough sketches or the gulags, boy. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Inside the body of Sputnik number two, uh, there was a craft that would hold the living dog. And inside there was also an oxygen generator, uh, a carbon dioxide absorber, a fan to keep the cabin cool, and a supply of gelatinous, nutritious food. They gave her food? Yeah, they gave her food. Damn. Here's the thing. Oh no. Um, and I'm gonna say it now because it'll just make everything make more sense. Um... This journey into space was only ever designed as a one-way trip. And all the scientists knew this. Um, 
everybody knew that whichever pup was chosen would not be coming home. Are you there? Yeah. So they oh. they probably picked the one they liked the least. <laughs> no. <laughs> no? They didn't do that. Well, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Shit. So as such, inside the spacecraft, there were chains to restrict the dog's movement to standing, sitting, or laying down. Uh, there was only enough food for seven days, um, and there were machines to monitor the heart rate, respiration rate, and pressure of the arteries of the dog. Because pretty much the entire mission of Sputnik uh, 2 was just to see whether or not life forms could survive orbiting space, and, uh, and also the takeoff. Uh, so these medical machines inside were basically there to measure how and when the dog would die. God. Um, yeah. Uh, so, because so far, both the U.S. and Russia had sent dogs into suborbital flights, but never anything close to orbiting the Earth in space. And they wanted to see if it was doable. So, uh, to pr prepare Laika and the other two dogs for living in the tiny cabin, cabin of Sputnik 2, the dogs were placed in cages. Then, as the days went by, the cages were made smaller and smaller and smaller un um, until the dogs could couldn't even turn around. The, the cages were so small. Um, and they were kept in tight confinement for days on end, with one period lasting 20 days. Oh my god. Um, it's horrible. Um, and because of these horrid conditions, the dogs stopped urinating and shitting, they became super restless, and their condition just got worse and worse and worse. So the Soviet team, they gave them laxatives, but this didn't help anything. So they decided that instead of just sending one of these dogs up there ill-prepared, angry and restless, it would be better to actually train them, because that's what you should do. Anyway, right. so they, they started an actual training program. And this included steps that actual cosmonauts and astronauts would later go through. Uh, the dogs were put into machines that simulated the acceleration of a rocket launch. They were put into other machines that simulated the, de the deafening noises of a spacecraft, and they were fed on only the food gel that would be available in the spacecraft. Uh, and the dogs handled this not, not at all well. Oh, damn uh, it. Their pulses doubled over the time of their training, and their <laughs> blood pressure just went through the roof. Um, it's, it's pretty horrible. And wow. we'll get into the, the ethics of this a little later. Yeah. Um, mm. Finally, though, time was up and Sputnik 2 had to be launched. Uh, Vladimir Yazdovsky. Sorry about that, everybody. I just got a couch delivered. Yay! Because my parents love me. They bought me a couch for Christmas. I'm pretty happy. That's a great gift. It's a great gift. And it's from Ikea, so I get to put it together myself. Yeah. Yay! Expensive Legos! <laughs> Could be better. Yeah. Yep. All right, so where were we? I'm sorry. Uh, we're at the launch of Sputnik number two. God damn it. I don't want to launch Laika. Laika, whatever. Laika, yeah. So uh, right before the launch, Vladimir Yazdovsky, one of the lead Soviet scientists and dog trainers, made the selection of dogs and chose Laika to be the one. Um, because although being super agitated and stressed out, Laika did take the training sequences better than the other two dogs. So there's that. Uh, the second <sighs> dog. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the second dog, Albina, was chosen to be a backup, and Mushka was chosen as the control dog to stay back and be tested on for different life support experiments. Great. Anyway. Uh, ugh. Uh, and this is when we get to the sad part. Shit. No, I mean, it's already been sad, but 
So, one of the nights before the impending launch, Dr. Yazdovsky took Laika to his personal home to relax for a little bit and play with his children. Um, oh. In a book he later wrote, Dr. Yazdovsky lamented, Laika was quiet and charming. I wanted to do something nice for her. She had so little time left to live. Oh my god! Oh, I know. Well, and here's the thing about it, is like, this is the Soviet Union. Yeah. You know, this this uh, this guy has been assigned to put a dog in space. Um, yeah. And if he doesn't do it, not only is he at risk, but his whole family's at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. So, I, even this small kindness of bringing the dog home, I mean... That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, the whole thing is just horrible. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So, before being taken to the launch site, the dogs were given surgery. Cables and transmitters were inserted into them in order for the scientists to be able to regulate breathing, pulse, and blood pressure. Upon reaching the launch site, Leica was placed into the satellite capsule on October 31st, 1957, three days before the mission actually started, uh, but they wanted her to get used to the capsule. Um, she was in there for three days before they launched? Yeah, and here's the thing. It's outside in November in Russia. <laughs> it was r- super cold, and uh, they said they hooked up a heater, but it was, I'm sure it was still freezing. Wow. Yeah. Uh. So, pretty bad. Uh, so, for the, for the next three days, the team attended Leica's needs and hooked her up to all of the machines. Before the flight lifted off, the attendants carefully groomed her, and one of the technicians later recalled, After placing Leica in the container and before closing the hatch, we kissed her nose and wished her buen voyage, because that would be, or be, knowing that she would not survive the flight. Wow. Yeah. It's super sad. <laughs> Damn it. And unfortunately, that's where we have to leave her until we return. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. They, but they, they groomed her before they sent her up. They kissed her nose and then they said goodbye. God damn it. It's so sad. It's so fucking sad. Yeah. The armies of science march ever forward. <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. There was so, you know, it's really interesting to me that um, we sort of take it for granted that animal testing is like a, a, just a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are great arguments for animal testing being a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it depends on your value system or value structure or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think there are good arguments for it. But uh, prior to this, when like animal testing was becoming like the thing, um, in the scientific community and that sort of that sort of thing, there was actually a lot of a lot of resistance to this kind of stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, of course, there still is today, but like initially, um, there were there were tons of writers who had major problems with it. And I, it's so interesting because you'll read a you'll read a book of essays from that era. Yeah. Um, and everyone's got an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed like most people were like, "This is just not worth it." Um, yeah. Well, and I, I think, but, te- well, go for it. I was going to say, but, you know, it's like without animal testing, you don't have most medicines anymore. and Right. That kind of shit. Well, and I think the other thing to remember is that this is, this is just 10 years after the fucking Nazis were doing worse tests on humans or the Japanese too. Like, 
Right. So maybe move or testing on animals was a step in the right direction away from humans. Uh, I'm not saying it is, but also I think testing, it can mean a lot of different things. Um, And we'll get into this a little later, but testing on an animal and then deliberately killing an animal for science are kind of two different things. (laughs) Yeah. In my mind. Yeah. I don't know. Um, It's a touchy subject. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, if they had more time, <clears throat> the experiment would have even been more informative if they could bring her back. Because they could have... Absolutely. Um, they could have examined her post-flight. Um, yeah. But and, they had less than four weeks. <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah. The dick measuring continues to be the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to... I'm just going to wrap up Charles VI here because there's not much more. Sure. Um, <laughs> we covered all the interesting shit, and I wanted to avoid getting into politics. Um, yeah, yeah. Because French politics in this era are just, oh my god. Hmm. You got people marrying their sisters and shit. You know, it's <laughs> super complicated. Uh, there is somebody who does like talking about those kinds of things, though. Uh, yes. And that is Becca at Retold Pod. So One of our good friends. Uh, so check her podcast our... out if we're right. into that stuff. If you're in, if you're into into the deep dive kind of stuff, I, I recommend that one. Yeah, it's, it's um, quite good. But anyway, so we'll just go right into Charles the Sixth and mm-hmm. death. So in 1422, Charles the Sixth dies. Okay, <laughs> that's it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a little more. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, he was actually he actually died in the same building he was born in, hmm. which is interesting. Can you imagine like dying in the hospital you were born in? That's just that's the circle of weird. life. Weird, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, he's remembered mostly for being a nut, it seems, uh, which is too bad because it looks like he genuinely recognized the problems that France was facing and tried to implement change. Sure. Uh, it was just too bad that he got so crazy instead. Uh, yeah. Because he really did seem like he was going to set things right for the hmm. people. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it looked like he was going to follow in his dad's footsteps for a while, and then uh, mm-hmm. and someone lit him on fire, and he killed his own knight. <laughs> God damn it. Um. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, um, it was also awfully convenient for those regents that he lost his mind to the point where Isabel oh, interesting. put him on the, on the regent lifeline. Hmm. Uh, you know. So are there conspiracies at all that it was the dukes and the regents behind his insanity? and they? You fucking bet there are. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and not just behind his insanity, but even like the thing at the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Duke of Orleans... Uh, who lit the costumed people on fire. Yeah. Um, there's a whole conspiracy about him. He ended up being assassinated. Oh, wow. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. I'll tell you what. Um, hmm. But yeah. And it, cause it's just such a weird the, story. It is. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there was a whole bunch of politics with, of course, England, uh, post-war. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up putting an Englishman on the French throne for a while. Hmm. Um, even though Charles was guaranteed, I believe, succession for for a while. I don't remember exactly. I, I didn't want to read too much into it. But, uh, yeah, there's lots of conspiracies and intrigue and all that kind of shit because yeah. it is awfully suspicious. Yeah. Um, sort of like, you know, the guy throwing the torch versus just accidentally, you know, letting a hmm. spark on. Well, and know, then the, the part that got to me was that he was looking to see who was under the mask, almost as if, I gotta find the king so I can light him on fire. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. 
Well, but that's what we got. It's the Freemasons. What it's else definitely is the Freemasons. <laughs> All right, so uh, shall we go into Leica's and and death? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Sp- Sputnik Two with Leica inside launched on November third, nineteen fifty-seven. The liftoff and ascent were very hard on Leica. Her respiration rate rose to four times the pre-launch rate. Her oh, heart geez. rate, her heart rate, more than doubled to two hundred and forty beats per minute. Uh, however, upon reaching space and achieving weightlessness, Leica's pulse and respiration synced down to more normal levels. Uh, at least for her. Uh, remember, it was still way above the average dog because of the stress that we humans put her in. Um, right. It's just depressing. Uh, so for a few more hours, um, all signs indicated that Laika was agitated but still eating her food and doing okay. However, between five and seven hours into the flight, all signs of life stopped from the spacecraft. God. The whole world knew that Laika was not going to survive the flight, but nobody knew exactly how she had died until pretty recently, actually. Um, oh. Uh, so the Soviet scienti- scientist team had planned on euthanizing Laika through poisoned food, and this is what the Soviet government told the world after her death. Um, oh no. That they, they poisoned the dog. Another popular theory was that Laika had died from lack of oxygen inside the capsule. Uh, anyway, for like 50 years, rumors, uh, just, there were a ton of rumors and conspiracies about how Laika died, or whatever. Uh, and it wasn't until really October of 2002, uh, that we resolved this issue. Um, Dmitry Malashinkoi, something like that. Dimitri, um, he was one of the scientists working on Sputnik number two and finally revealed the dark secret of the flight. It turns out that during the liftoff, part of the thermal insulation had torn loose from the cabin. You know, because they, they built the fucking thing off of drawings. Yeah. Yeah. And in four weeks. In, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then he also pointed out that in his, in his own words... It turned out that it was particularly impossible to create a reliable temperature control system in such limited time constraints. Which just means that uh, with the time constraints, uh, coupled with the torn insulation from liftoff, uh, temperatures rose really quickly and steadily inside Sputnik uh, 2. Laika survived the temperature until it reached about 109 degrees Fahrenheit, or 43 degrees Celsius. Uh, but as it rose even higher than that, Laika died from the overwhelming heat. Um, so she was basically cooked. Uh, which is just horrifying. Um, as for the flight itself, Sputnik 2 was in space for 162 days and made about 2,500 orbits around Earth before entering the atmosphere on April 14th, 1958 and burning up, uh, before the pieces landed somewhere in the Amazon. Uh, Cr- damn it. Khrushchev and the Soviets viewed Sputnik 2 as a huge milestone and victory in the space race. Uh, meanwhile, the Americans went apeshit, uh, and Eisenhower had to- d- President Eisenhower at this time had to do everything in his power to keep American efforts towards their own space race going, because basically all of America, at this point, all we wanted to do was build fallout shelters. Because we were like, the Soviets oh have won. God. It's over. And I was flying over top of us. Yeah. Exactly. And they have a, they sent a living creature above us. And Eisenhower was like, no, we got to wait. It'll, we'll catch up with them. And we, we did. Um, 
Now, here's the thing, and I'm sure a lot of you out there, like me, are pissed off by this story. Um, so, a little bit about the ethics of, of this. The whole world knew that Laika would not survive the trip and was not meant to survive either. Uh, but concerns over the morality of it were often overshadowed by the actual space race itself. Um, which kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, that does make sense. Uh, not entirely, though. Animal, right, uh, okay. animal rights groups all over the world protested at Soviet embassies as well as the United Nations in New York. Um, all over the world, uh, leading up to and during the flight. Uh, and in the United Kingdom, the National Canine Defense League called on all dog owners to observe a minute's silence after the launch. Oh, I, I know. Uh, um, wow. In the Soviet Union itself, though, there was no controversy at all, as nobody wanted to question the state. Um, right. <laughs> and for there like, was no controversy in the Soviet Union, I guarantee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And for gag for them. Yep. <laughs> and for like 50 years, no one talked about how the controversy at all. They're all like, yep, it was the right decision. Um, and it wasn't until 1998 that people in Russia really started to speak out against the act. Which I just want to say, good for them. Like, finally getting to it. Not not forgetting, like, poor Laika. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oleg Gozenko, <laughs> something like that. Who had been one of the lead scientists of Sputnik 2, he famously said, Work with animals is a source of suffering to all of us. We treat them like babies who cannot speak. The more time passes, the more I'm sorry about it. We shouldn't have done it. We did not learn enough from this mission to justify the death of the dog. Wow. That's big. It's huge, even because... We, we didn't learn much from Sputnik 2. It was so rushed and so hasty. And like you said, if we brought the dog back, we would have been able to learn so much more. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, though, Laika does at least have... She does have a legacy. Um, mm. A statue of her is included with the other cosmonaut statues at the Rus- Russian cosmonaut training facilities, um, which is... There's a whole city for it, for the cosmonaut training, and it's called Star City in Russia. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So she she's considered a famous cosmonaut, even though she was a dog, which I, I think is good. Um, she also, of course, was on a bunch of stamps and envelopes and even cigarettes all throughout the Soviet Union because she became <laughs> a national classic. hero. Um, but probably... Uh, the biggest legacy she has is after it happened, pretty much everybody decided that, look, if we send an animal into space, their recovery has to be planned because that this is just too cruel, the one-way trip thing. So her flight was really the last time we just sent a living creature into space without thinking of, like, what would happen to them. So, so that's pretty neat. Um, and then, of course, she's also the first living creature to orbit the Earth. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. The first living creature to orbit the Earth, of course, besides Alex Jones. Yeah, and besides the aliens, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so, that was sad. It, it's very sad. Um, and there are a lot of people still really angry about it, which I, I get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. Uh, well, I have one thing to add. Okay. Laika is in an episode of Space Dandy. Is she really? 
She is. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch that. And the story is that she survives and ends up on this planet full of garbage. Huh. Um, and lives there for a long time until Space Dandy and his crew land on the planet and find her there. And they learn that they can hear her thoughts. Hmm. And she tells them the whole thing. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. It's that, great. That sounds Very good. touching episode. Yeah. I know there's also, a, I think, a Swedish film where uh, it, it's about, like, Laika growing up in a wonderful Swedish home and then somehow ending up in Moscow and then... <laughs> being what? sent on the ship i i don't know i didn't i didn't read it but it was like like his early life because she was like i think three years old when they found her hmm. yeah but wow imagine that you have a stray dog you bring her in she lives with you for like a couple of years and then one day she's gone and the next thing you know she's going to space and her face is on the cigarettes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goals interesting yeah life goals <laughs> get my face on the cigarette yeah, yeah. Fuck going yeah. to space. Just put me on the pack. I don't care. Yeah, I never want to go to space. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, that about wraps it up. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It pretty much wraps it up for the week. Mm. So, uh, shall we head to the surface? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So, James. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? I'm going to dress up in a fursuit, grab my sword, and kill the first knight I see. (laughs) Which is basically just a furry. The life of a furry, really. I mean... Uh, Yeah, I was going to make a furry joke in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 What are you going to do for the rest of your day? Uh, I'm... I don't know. Um, probably build this couch that was delivered to me. Hmm. And I do have to go get my car registered because today is like literally the second to last day. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. But I'm already. I have everything I need, so I just walk in, sit there for a while, and walk out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, uh, yeah. And then after that, I'd I'd really like to the, just take take a little trip, go somewhere. I don't know where, but. Tell me about that. I've got to get out of this city, dude. Yeah. Get out of the city just for a little while, and. uh yeah, you know, get to the uh, the promised land or something. Mm. I just, you know, I love Austin, but my gosh, I need a little break. So I may take a little little trip. A little tripsy doodle. Yeah. Little tripsy doodle. Mm hmm. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. The life of yep. the Bedouin is a <laughs> life of sin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, good well, travels <laughs> to you, sir. Thank you. And with that, I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. Feel free to send all your hate tweets to WTADP Podcast or message us on Facebook like uh, like uh, Warehouse Ben and Jessica did. Uh, we'll read all of this shit, I promise you, and not along. If you hate us, you're probably right. If you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash We Talk About Dead People. 50 bucks, 20 bucks, even as little as a dollar. As much as it costs to buy a flammable costume helps tremendously. Our cover art was created by the extremely gifted Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his phenomenal work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. With all that being said, we'll close out and let the sound of flaming balls at the flaming ball play you out. <laughs> That's so good. Uh. <laughs>